0: This is Brain Diet, episode number 108. I love so much focusing on the food we feed our body, but I love even more focusing on the stuff we feed our brain. My name is Taylor Ann Macy, and I am a certified life coach. Welcome to Brain Diet, where we feed your brain the best information. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Brain Diet Podcast. Today's topic, episode 108, we are talking all about sugar and when you love sugar. The reason that I have chosen this as this week's episode is because it is a really common barrier that people self identify as what is between them and weight loss, or even just health for that matter. People will say that what is between them and better health, or them and some type of weight change is sugar. In reality, sugar is a very small piece to the puzzle of why a person can't lose weight or why a person is unable to create the change in their health that they want to. I do want to say upfront, I am not demonizing sugar, nor am I demonizing eating it. In fact, I think there really is actually a useful place for it in our lives, However, when sugar is something that we love and something that we identify as a barrier between us and the health or the weight that we want, the sugar is really just a symptom of a cause that's unrelated to food, that's unrelated to sugar itself. Whether it's sugar or salt or any type of food, any of that can be used in a negative way. So I wanted to address it today because it's one of the more common reasons that people give as to why they struggle. We can use anything in a negative way, and it seems like sugar is one that many of us will go to. What this sounds like is when you love sugar, it manifests in the way you talk about it. So it can sound like, oh, I love sugar. I just cannot resist sugar. This sugar thing is to die for. And obviously you can substitute in any dessert and food, frankly, for that matter. But sugar in this case, like I just can't resist the donut. I can't resist the cupcake. This brownie is to die for. This is the type of dialogue that we establish for something like sugar. Think about how commonplace it is to speak this way about sugar, about desserts as I'm saying these things like, oh, this is to die for. Oh, I love this. I can't resist it. This is something that most of us hear on a daily basis. This is the way that we talk about sugar. We spend so much time loving sugar, thinking about sugar, planning sugar, looking forward to sugar without even questioning it. This is kind of a dumb analogy and it made me laugh as I thought of it, but think about sugar as something that is just a commonplace household item that you could include in any type of dessert or whatever. But can you imagine if we did something similar with an equally commonplace item that you would find in your house? Imagine if you did this with your socks. Socks are something I wear every day. I am grateful for them. They keep my feet warm. They make my shoes a little bit more comfortable like socks. I'm very involved with socks, okay? What would it be like if we spoke about socks the same way we spoke about sugar. Like, can you imagine if people walked around being like, oh my gosh, I love these socks. These socks are to die for. I just can't resist wearing these socks. Now, maybe people do speak that way about socks. I, I don't know anyone that talks about socks this way, but the point is we talk this way about sugar much more than we talk that way about something like socks. Socks we spend very little time thinking about. We use them for their purpose and that's about where it ends. Socks are just commonplace but they are equally as commonplace as sugar as a cookie, yet the verbiage that we use could not be more different. We love food so extensively without even taking time to question the effect that it has. What I'm not saying is that we have to hate sugar, okay? I'm addressing that we talk about sugar in this way where we love it so much, right? I'm not saying that the solution is to do the opposite and to hate it. But we do have to decide. Is sugar what I want to love so much that I talk about it in such a way that I prioritize it over my own health? When we talk about sugar in this way, it leads us to choose it, to pursue it, to eat it. When we are thinking about it in such a loving and irresistible way, That it can sometimes cause us to prioritize the sugar over our own health, over our own weight, over our own goals. But is it possible? Could we choose the option where instead of saying, I love the sugar so much, we could say, I love myself so much. Think about that. If you were to talk about yourself the same way that you talked about sugar, like, oh my gosh. I am amazing. I am so fun to have. (laughs) I love myself so much. We don't even talk about ourselves that way, but we talk about sugar in this way. And when we talk about sugar in this way, and we prioritize that over ourselves, it can be to our own detriment. In a day, we only have so much mental energy. So it is important that we allocate it deliberately that we put mental energy towards things that we want to be thinking about that help us create the life that we want so if we only have a limited amount of mental energy think about how much of that mental energy we can spend dwelling on what quote-unquote amazing things that sugar does for us right we take sugar just a commonplace household item and we use our mental energy to say things like, oh, this is delicious. This is to die for. I would kill for this. I can't live without this. I need this. We spend so much mental energy thinking about sugar that way versus allocating our mental energy to a space of why we want to make a change or why we don't want to make a change at all, but rather just prioritize ourselves and our health. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that like sugar is the demon to health. Again, that is certainly not the case. However, If we are using it to the point where it negatively affects us in some way, weight loss or health or otherwise, that's when it becomes important to pay attention to this mental allocation of energy. If you're spending more time thinking about how amazing sugar is than you are thinking about why you want to take care of yourself and why you want to pay attention to certain things, that's where a change can be made. That's where it's important to pay attention. You are the steward of your mind and you get to choose what it thinks about Here, though, is where minds can tend to go. It'll make me feel better. Or sugar makes me feel better, right? This is kind of the dialogue that our brain offers. We see sugar. We want sugar. Maybe we're feeling something that we don't want to feel. And our brain goes to this space of, oh, but this will make me feel better. If sugar really did make you feel better, it would never be a problem. Things that love us back are not a problem. Like my son right now, he's got really chapped lips. His All of the lips in our family, we get such like dry, dry lips. And I have this serum that I actually bought from Just Ingredients. If you're not following her on Instagram, she is brilliant. I've learned so much from her and transformed my whole life because of what she has taught me. Regardless, she has this serum that I use on my face and basically any skin that needs love. So I love this serum, right? When I use this serum on my son's lips... Like he wakes up the next day and they are completely healed and like soft, no cracks, nothing. Like I love this serum. And when I use it to solve a problem, it solves it. It loves me back. It does exactly what I want it to do. And there are no back end consequences of using it. The same thing goes for a body when you're feeling sick. Like if you have some type of illness of some kind, if you would eat to feel better Like what would actually literally make you feel better would be adequate hydration and getting vitamins and minerals into your body to help your body heal efficiently and more quickly, right? And so when your body is sick and you are consuming things to feel better, that literally is what vitamins and minerals and hydration, among other things, do for a body, right? And so when you think about the idea of something making you feel better, Maybe in the moment, it is a temporary block, but there's still stuff on the other side that is unresolved. There is still a problem that isn't actually solved. What sugar actually does is just distract you. And again, not in all cases, right? But if we are using it from the space of, oh, it makes me feel better, it's a lie that it makes you feel better because it just distracts you. If you're feeling something negative and you use sugar to solve for it, it puts a temporary buffer between you and whatever it is that you want to escape. It takes our mind off of it, but it doesn't actually solve for it. And think about it this way. If you really believe that sugar makes you feel better, I want you to imagine having to eat like half a chocolate cake in front of a thousand people. If you were on a pulpit in front of a thousand people and you had to eat half a chocolate cake like you might normally when you're feeling something negative, it's not going to have the same emotional effect on you it's not going to make you feel better. It's because sugar doesn't help you feel better. It just acts as a block in very specific circumstances. What's really happening is there is something that we are uncomfortable feeling. There is something that we don't want to feel. And so when that happens, we eat sugar and we get a temporary distraction from it. That's the truth of what's happening versus the romanticized story that we tell ourselves about it like oh sugar's amazing it helps me feel so much better i love this this is to die for right all of these things that we've been discussing thus far we create this story around sugar that perpetuates us going back to it we have this romanticized story about why we need it and why it's so amazing and all of the great things it does for us so what i want to offer here is that when you are eating to feel better Don't tell yourself this romanticized version of why you're doing what you're doing. Like, be honest with yourself. Tell yourself the truth. Like, okay, there's something that I don't want to feel, and so I'm going to food to try and distract myself from it. When you can tell yourself the truth about it versus dropping into this romanticized story, you empower yourself to at least take ownership over what's happening rather than trying to just live as a victim, as someone that's disempowered, that has no control over any of this. So that's one of the main things is it makes me feel better. If you really question that, if you really challenge that, you would find that it doesn't. It doesn't solve any problems. It just acts as a distraction. The next thing that can come up in our minds when it comes to sugar is this idea that I need it. Like, oh, I just need it. Like I get home from work and I just feel like I need something. I need something. This is a sneaky one that again, we don't question. Our dialogue about food in general can be so sneaky and The power that you can get from questioning it cannot be overstated. So something like this, I need it, is sneaky. Telling yourself you need something without even questioning it, it takes away your chance to make a choice. Like if you get home after work at the end of the day and you're like, oh, I need it. And you don't question that, you don't give yourself the chance to look at your brain, look at yourself, to check in with yourself, to give yourself the choice. Like, do I want this? Why would I not want this? Why might it be better for me if I didn't have this, right? You take away the chance to give yourself the power and the space to make a choice. Ask yourself, do I need it really? And what would happen if I didn't have it? Again, coming back to the problem solving aspect that we give credit to sugar. If your body was sick and you didn't give it nourishment, if you didn't give it Fluids, if you didn't give it vitamins and minerals, it could make the sickness worse or it could delay the sickness in leaving your body. Versus if you had an urge to eat something, you were feeling uncomfortable, you were feeling something you didn't want to feel, and you had an urge to eat something, and then you didn't eat it, what would happen is okay, you'd be there feeling a negative emotion and you wouldn't be using sugar to numb it away to distract yourself. You would get to know yourself on a very truthful way. You get to meet yourself almost. You get to experience your life without all of the blocks you've put up. You would get to feel the negative feelings because the more you're able to feel the negative ones, the more you're able to feel the positive ones. I love Adele and she did that interview with Oprah a few months ago. And she said this quote, I think she said she didn't know where she heard it, but I was like, oh my gosh, that's brilliant. But she said, if you're not feeling everything, you're missing everything. And that rings so true because if we are numbing the negative feelings, then it to a degree distracts us and numbs us from the positive ones as well. Feeling your feelings instead of distracting yourself from them, even just the bad ones and letting them just exist in your body without any sort of agenda to rid yourself of them. It's almost like you get to first fully experience your life because you aren't trying to distract yourself and numb yourself with all of these false pleasures. How we talk about food matters. How we talk about sugar matters. And it's worth questioning. I want you now to keep an eye out for how often you hear someone talk about sugar in such a romanticized way. Now, again, I will reiterate that sugar is not necessarily a problem unless we are using it and it creates a negative effect for us. If we are talking about it in such a way where it is extremely romanticized, it will lead us to engage in behaviors with it that might not be to our greatest benefit. This is how things are sold to you. You are persuaded into purchasing something based on what people say and how they say it. The descriptions that they use. For example, if you go to Lululemon, And you look at anything in the store, if you read the tag, I mean, it's like four or five pages of this beautifully descriptive dialogue on what the product is made of and the features and even just the adjectives and the flow of the way they describe the product is so enticing. Versus like the other day I was at TJ Maxx going through the athletics section and they had a pair of athletic pants that just said yoga pants on the tag. And I'm like, this is exact, like I'm not gonna buy something that just says yoga pant. Now, was the quality the same? I don't know, that's debatable. But it reinforced to me that how we talk about things influences the choices that we make. How we talk about food, how we talk about our bodies, how we talk about other people, all of that influences how we act. If we are thinking about food in such a drawn out and eloquent and lovely way, which isn't necessarily a problem unless it's a problem, right? I want you to consider, do you talk about sugar in a way that leads you to eat it more than you want to eat it? At the end of the day, sugar is just something that exists. Like it's just granules of white crystals. Or I don't know, right? Like it's just something that's so neutral, And just by changing the way you talk about it, take some of the power away. Like if you look at it as just an ingredient, you're not as enticed as you would be should you talk about it in a way that's like, oh, it's the most delicious thing I've ever eaten. So when sugar is in front of you, it's not a big deal. It's just an ingredient or it's just a dessert that's composed of certain ingredients Okay, it's not that big of a deal. And I want you to watch that dialogue that's going through your mind as it's sitting in front of you. Now, same thing goes for if you've eaten it. It's also not a big deal if you've eaten it because it's just some ingredients that you decided to ingest. There's no reason to beat yourself up over eating sugar, even if you were eating emotionally, because it just gives more power to the sugar versus, like, oh, you know what? Again, telling yourself the truth. There must have been something that I didn't want to feel in that moment, whether it was restless or overwhelmed or stressed or a little bit anxious and so i ate sugar to kind of distract myself from that like okay i'm just gonna take ownership over that and then move on we don't want to give it more power than it actually has because sugar has no power you just give it to it with the way you talk about it so when it comes to sugar and how you approach it when you see it or think about it or talk about it do your best to just neutralize it instead of talking about it in this grand way neutralize what it actually is. Separate the food from your thoughts about the food. Like, okay, there is this refined white thing that's in front of me that then mixes with this other thing and it comes together to make this certain thing. (laughs) I mean, that sounds like so neutral, but you can see when you can get so boring as you describe the sugar, it becomes so much less powerful. So if you start to pay attention, I can promise you, you will start to see the way that we romanticize our language around sugar and desserts and food in general. And this can be a problem if it leads us to eat in a way that is to our own detriment, that compromises our health or our goals. So neutralize that sugar. Just describe it as factually as you can. Separate that from your thoughts about it and the reason why you're choosing to describe it and talk about it in such an extreme way, when that's just a choice you're making. It's not because it's actually true. That is all I have for you, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. And I will talk to you next week. Hey, do you have a coach guiding you through your weight journey? If not, I would be so thrilled to be yours. I want to invite you to come work with me in my private one-on-one program where I create an individualized plan for you based on your body in order to create the results that you want. I teach you how to not even want the foods that are sabotaging your physical goals, all while learning how to be more confident, how to feel better, and how to uplevel your life. We work to create the body that you want and to feel good doing it. To sign up for a free mini-session with me, check out the link in the show notes. I'll see you soon.